in the words of the legendary Lou Gellinern. Hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including being 10 days out from the 2023 football season as we record this. This is the night of uh, August 23rd, uh, as well as uh, a little unexpected that we're hiring for an athletic director. So uh, hit the road, Jen, down to, to SoCal and... Bye. Uh, I'm your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined tonight by J-Cap is back on the pod, DJ K-Woody, and Big Hood. How are you guys doing tonight? What up? Good. Man, this is this is times uh, for that you and Leah have been praying for with the Jen Cohen stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's facts. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and we now have, and also joined by by Biggie Talls. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing well. Doing well. How's everybody doing? You got us. Good. We good. We Dark night. You there? You got us. All right. Uh, well, without uh, further ado, let's uh, go ahead and jump into uh, beverages of choice for the evening. Uh, J-Cap, since you're the uh, new return or most recent returner to, to appearing on the pod, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Uh, I've got some H2O here, and I don't know why I'm drinking an energy drink at night, but I've got a peach <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> Damn, you wild. Yeah, wild boy. Gonna be be some interesting tweets coming from Jay Caput, you know, two, oh, yeah. two o'clock this morning, you know, picking fights with Oregon fans. Just disregard my Twitter account <laughs> for the rest of the evening. Oh, and, or apparently some uh, Instagram stories too. Yes, this is true. This is true. Jay Cap is the lead on the gram. That uh, definitely uh, worth a follow. <laughs> uh, Big Hood, how about you? What do you got tonight, buddy? Man, you are. You know what it is. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest though. Um, on the way home, I did have a little bit to drink, uh, but I don't have it now. So I, 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 I indulge a little bit, but y'all know what it is, man. I got the high quality H2O in the sweet tea gallon bottle. How about that? <laughs> I got the high quality H2O still. We love reducing, reusing and recycling. Yes. Come on, man. We, we are a pro environment podcast. Uh, Trip DJ, how about you? Uh, I just got some uh, medium quality H2O. <laughs> Nothing too high here. <laughs> you got that tap water? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, judgment call there on your municipality's water source. <laughs> <laughs> Darker night, how about you, bud? Oh, man, you know me. I'm on that. This agua. Same as Big Hood. Uh, hopefully y'all can hear me. I, I'm, I'm still working on some audio issues, but, uh, yeah, I'm on that water. We gotcha. Yeah, we got you. Yeah. I do. There I do go. have some water with me. Uh, but I also am, uh, sampling, uh, I've gone back to, to my friends at Volition Brewing Company, uh, and I have a Volition Solar Voyage, which is a sour, um, with, uh, their description is primary notes of pineapple and blueberry puree. So I'm a, or uh, it's a sour pineapple and blueberry puree. It's it's fire. Sounds good. All right, we'll go ahead and move along into uh, stupid tweets uh, sponsored by Kevin King, who wants to uh, 
call out one for shaming. Uh, all right, I got one. Uh, speaking of uh, what's in your glass, well, I guess it's not Kim Grenold, but it's his uh, counterpart, uh, Chris Fetters. It's not necessarily a tweet. It's what he posted on Dogman. Uh, somebody uh, on a poster on Dogman said, oh, look for Jen Cohen going to USC before it was announced. And he says, in my humble opinion, this doesn't pass the sniff test, especially now that both will be in the Big Ten next season. But stranger things have happened. You know, Dogman, wrong again, just like usual. Yeah. It, uh, is it just me or does Dogman never, you know, convey an opinion in a, with a humble tone? <laughs> humble and Dogman. <laughs> oh, man, did you – somebody shared it that uh, Kim Grenolds posted some rules, like pages of rules – out on Dogman Today forums saying if you downvote so many posts, you're going to be banned and all these other stupid rules. And it's just, it's just insane. That website. The best butt butt kissing money can buy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, I've got to call this one out. Um, And this comes from a couple of days ago. Uh, and it is uh, from at Softy KJR. If I'm UW, I'm going straight to Chris Peterson to replace Jen Cohen, then Scott Barnes at Oregon State. Uh, to both of those, big no thank you. That is not any disrespect at all to Chris, who Chris Peterson is as a person or the expertise that he brings in terms of running a program and the administrative side of things. But right now, when we are going from being one of the biggest four fish in the Pac-12 pond to we're still a big time brand nationally, but we need to be marketing the holy hell out of to, to compensate for the loss of, you know, season, the season ticket holders to continue to grow the barrier. And as we're playing more games in different time zones and against, you know, against fan bases that aren't familiar with us. Now we need to like marketing expert guru, one-on-one relentless brand ambassador and i'm sorry that's just not pete no it's not so anybody else have some stupid tweets that uh we need to discuss i'll say i'll say shout out to roman for you know for plugging us with a couple of them um but uh i don't got it verbatim but it was just the concerns about well so i guess i do so it's um at big kahuna ski tm where he was like um, responding to Roman, you know, uh, just basically saying, Jen going to USC, you know, wait until she steals Heather and Alexis um, and they enter the transfer portal. Um, speaking about a non existent USC softball team, um, that's awesome. Um, and then deflecting to be like, well, I'm projecting in the future. No, you just had no idea that they didn't have a freaking softball team. So. Those are things that we don't have to be worried about. But I thought it was just funny, you know, somebody trying to come in and troll and then, you know, not be, not understand what the hell they were talking about. So I found that to be funny. Appreciate Roman for shooting shooting us yeah. some stupid tweets throughout the week. Yes, as Roman recommended, uh, everyone should uh, avail themselves of the, the good old Google machine um, before popping off about USC. <laughs> the good old Google machine.
right and moving right along we're going to pick up uh, where we left off and, and get some thoughts from jcap and dj on uh predictions and diagnostications for the year uh and we'll start off with uh, dj uh tell us what you think is going to happen uh, 10 days from now uh 12 30 kickoff at husky stadium against boise state uh wait is it actually twelve thirty the game it's an actual twelve thirty kickoff oh okay I thought it was one thirty for some reason uh oh nice I might be able to watch most of the game uh yeah that's that's a dub we we should get the win there uh, not I don't not sure if it'll be blown open the first half but you know eventually by sometime third quarter we should be up by a good amount and get the second streams in for fourth quarter sometime. Jacob, how about you? What do you think about that one? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a dub. Like DJ said, I don't know if it'll be super early. I mean, early season games is always some working out of, of some kinks, but I think we should definitely see some Dylan Morris later on in that game for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, a week later, a 2 p.m. kickoff at Husky Stadium against the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. I'm not sure what makes a hurricane golden, but here we are. Um, maybe <laughs> recently visited the end of the rainbow and picked up something from the, you know, from the leprechaun stash. I'm not sure, but, uh, but Jacob, what do you think about that one? Uh, I don't really think we need to spend a whole lot of time on that one. That's, that's what I think. That's a, that's a dub. DJ, are you in agreement there? Yeah, it should be. It should be over by halftime. Yeah, because that's actually- if we're who we are, who we think we are. Yeah, and that's not a good Tulsa team. Like they were bad last year with no. a very bad pass defense, which might be problematic for them against our offense. They're they're worse than Kent State that we played last year. Uh, and then moving on to the first road contest of the year, uh, going to Michigan State and East Lansing, a 2 p.m. game. Reminder to Husky fans, if only for a week or a month, uh, you will need to spend six bucks to watch this game on Peacock. Uh, DJ, what do you think about uh, the return visit or, or, or the, the revenge chance for the Spartans? Uh, so- oh, shit. I forgot about that on Peacock. Oh man, it's so dumb. <laughs> uh, isn't it, isn't it? Oh, okay, never mind. It's a different topic. I was gonna say, isn't it an NFL playoff game on Amazon Prime this year? So dumb. I think that's they're gonna be trying to You're asking the wrong put guy. that You're on. Asking me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, dang, that's gonna be a t- that's gonna be a close game. Uh, I think. I mean, we're playing away. If we're at home, I think it might be similar to last year. Uh, Michigan State probably should be a little bit better, um, but they still don't have a super reliable quarterback, so I think we come out with a win, but pretty close game in fourth quarter. Jake, yeah? Yeah, I I agree. I think it's going to be closer, a lot closer than it was here in Seattle, just playing out on the road, especially with that being our first road game of the season. But I am here for the chance at a Jeremy Bernard revenge game. Um, that'll yes. be fun. But uh, yeah, I think we'll pull it out. But I think it, it'll probably go into the fourth. Maybe we, we start to open it up a little bit. But uh, I think it'll be close, especially coming out of, of halftime. Again, being the first row game. Okay. Moving on to the next weekend. Uh, and 
John Wilner's bestie Justin comes to town with his team uh, for Superhero Day at, at Husky Stadium. Uh, J-Cap, what do you think about this one? And that would be Cal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of times we get close or, or lose a game that we shouldn't lose, and I really hope it's not Cal this year. Um, I think we'll get the win, but there's something about that Cal team that always annoys me, and it might just be PTSD from uh, Andre Bocelli, but, I mean, I, I think we'll get the win. You had to say his name. Had to. Can't, <laughs> can't mention Cal without mentioning him. Uh, okay. You sure so can't. To, to drink my bleach. <laughs> you didn't say that was your drink of choice tonight. I, I didn't. But... <laughs> Not until Andre Bocelli's name came up. <laughs> uh, DJ, what do you think about the, the contest back at Husky Stadium on the 23rd with Cal? Yeah, I hate how close these games have been with Cal over the last few years. Uh, but we... We should be able to beat them pretty easily, especially it's at home. Uh, so should be a dub. And then uh, one last Pac-12 uh, conference game uh, in the state of Arizona. Oh, boy. Uh, which is uh, game time TBD uh, at Arizona on September 30th. Uh, DJ, what do you think about this one? Man, this this isn't an easy one for me. Uh, Jake, have let Jake have go first on this one. All right, Jake. Yeah, let's see. Two of my least favorite places for UW to play this season. We play, so we're going to play at Arizona, and then later on this year, we're going to get to it. But we're going to play at the farm. Um, honestly, I don't want to predict it, but I think we're going to drop one of the two, and I think it's this one. Of the two, it's definitely this one because no Stanford's terrible, but yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to play at the farm, which I don't know what it is about playing down there. Um, and it's on grass. Yeah, exactly. They could be. Um, yeah, Stanford could be over zero and twelve, kind of bad. Yeah, I, I I get that, and that's why I'm I'm choosing this one too uh, for us to drop. Yes, I'm glad. See, that's why I'm glad Jake Cap went first because I, w- I was going to predict the same thing, but I, w- I didn't want to be the first one to predict the L. Uh, and I don't know, like when, when the week of happens, like it'll probably be hard for me, like say if we're doing, we're meeting together, it'll probably be hard for me to pick a loss in that week. But like if I'm going game by game, I know there's going to be one. Well, no, no, but like there usually is a game always that we should win that we don't. And I look into the schedule. This looks like the one, but so that's why. And here, here's the other thing: is I, if we're gonna lose a game this year, I want it to be this one because after this, we have the bye going into Oregon. I want that taste in their mouth before the bye. If we're gonna lose, going into the bye before Oregon is the time I would want to lose. You can climb. Back. That's Arizona, right? Yeah, yeah. Arizona is is yeah. right before the bye, so I would take that L. If I if we have to take one, like obviously we can sit here and Duke and just be like, oh, we're going twelve and zero, fuck everybody. But if we're gonna take one, I, I'd take it here so that we can go into the bye with the L and then face Oregon right after. I I felt exactly the same way. Like I don't know why I just felt like, you know, there was just gonna be just a form of a letdown in some type of way or just some type of like. 
Um, like, I don't even think Arizona is going to I – I wouldn't necessarily say their offense is better than last year. I, I don't – I think their defense is better, but I don't think their offense is better. But for some odd reason, it just feels like, you know, this is the game. You know, we'll show up and we'll, we'll, we'll be emotionally ready for all the big games, but I just feel like this specific game is just – you know, Arizona's going to have a lot of a lot more want to in, in an odd way. Yeah, and we're going to be you know looking forward to abide in Oregon afterwards too, so we could be looking ahead a little bit. I mean, hopeful this doesn't happen, but it can be one of those games. One last uh, bite of the Arizona voodoo. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, isn't it crazy yep. that Arizona would would could be have the best wide receiver group in the conference. The singer didn't transfer like their wide receiver room could have been loaded and it still is loaded. They're probably the third best. I still would have taken third or fourth best, years, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, It'd be pretty close. Over though. Almost anybody in the country. But. Yeah, exactly. But that, that would have definitely dropped like USC's like room. For yeah. Sure, Cause he's basically and he's wide receiver one, you know, and it's mm-hmm. kind of wild, but all right, we'll move on. Uh, as we've talked about, the next week is a bye, and then uh, mid-October, uh, purple out at Husky Stadium with uh, gangrene coming to town. Uh, who wants DJ? You want this one first or Jcat? Uh, I'll go this one. Go ahead, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, damn. Uh, last year, I predicted a loss. Not only did I predict a loss, but like, I mean, we all, I think most of us did anyways, but I was like 100% certain almost that that was going to be a loss. I just felt that way going in. Uh, and I don't want to feel that way again this year. So I'm hopeful we'll get the W. And so that's what I'm going to go with this year. I'll just never predict a loss to Oregon because I can't do it to myself. So fuck them. That's a dub. <laughs> <laughs> We need to, after we beat I like the, that mindset. Yeah, after we beat the Ducks this year, we need to replace all of the bow billboards with Penix billboards. So I talked about this with uh, Leah. Shout out UW. Um, but if and when we win this game, I'm making Bowen 2 shirts. Yes. I'm, I'm rocking <laughs> one of those for sure. Yeah, let me know because I'm definitely rocking that. Yeah, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need one of them. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah. get that for sure. Yep. Uh, all right. Following week, uh, the other Arizona team comes to town, um, otherwise known as basically in terms of fan bases, basically Oregon South, uh, and that's a home game against Arizona State uh, for homecoming. Uh, Jcap, take this one first. What do you think? Uh, not enough people talked about this, but I can't remember who put the tweet out about uh, Pac-12 coaches' favorite artists, and no one gave Kenny Dillingham enough shit for saying train. That's ridiculous. So for that reason, and that reason alone, that's a dub. That's good. Uh, Yeah, it's a home game. Arizona State, brand new coach, first-time head coach, true freshman quarterback. We better win this game. And we lost to them in the most ridiculous fashion last year. So we need to oh. redeem that. Yeah, vengeance. Uh, I will say, uh, I'll give a give credit uh, to David David Woods of the Podcast of Champions. He had a, uh, 
uh, a bit of a mini rant on one of their most recent episodes about uh, that particular music choice from uh, Dilly Dilly. Uh, worth a Thank listen. You. I, I didn't listen to it, but now I will because you said that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the game that you mentioned a, a bit earlier, and that's uh, October 28th, Halloween week on the farm or the library, as our buddy UWA calls it. Um, J-Cap, what do you think about this one? We better win. We better fucking win. There's no way that we should lose to this team. I know playing at the farm is bad. The grass field is shit. But there is, if we lose this game, we could win every other game and it would still not feel good um it would would be a failure to me but no that that's a win theoretically this sorry go ahead dj no go ahead yeah i wasn't gonna i was gonna wait i was just gonna say theoretically this could be a trap game given what we have the following week but stanford following weeks capital three letters bad just awful dog shit nothing they've got a good quarterback and that's about it i don't i don't follow them but from what i've seen with all the transfers out like can they even fill the full team (laughs) it seems like so many players are transferred out did they get a bunch of transfers in because they're talking about so many guys walk-ons and ivy league transfers on the offensive line yeah, yeah. They're gonna their personnel is gonna be running really low. Like they're gonna have like a NFL caliber quarterback and running back, and then nothing else on. The, and then David Bailey on the defensive side, but then nothing else. Like, so you're telling me all of the highlights for Braylon Trice's first round draft Mike profile is gonna be in this game? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Very well. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll win this game, but watch us win twenty-one seventeen or something, just because it's Stanford at Stanford, some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, and then the following again on the road, we're heading down to uh, to see Jen Cohen. Um, Hopefully, she goes home crying uh, on this particular evening. But uh, DJ, what do you think about uh, the November fourth date in the Coliseum? uh, Yeah, I plan on. I plan on being there at that game, so they better not lose. But knowing my luck, probably lose. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, USC is good. At uh, USC, yeah, probably predict a loss on that one. Yeah. And for the record, I think uh, Darker Knighthood and I were all in agreement that this was a loss. Uh, but with the, the with how the rest of our schedule and our predictions shook out, we we get vengeance on that one uh, in Las Vegas. But Jcap, what do you think happens? Uh, the the only guaranteed time around with USC this year. Yeah. So I mean, just like you guys have already alluded to, uh, it's going to be tough. But I mean, if the season goes how DJ and I have predicted it up to this point, um. This will be a meeting of two top 10 teams, likely. Um, and Lincoln Riley is allergic to winning big games. So I think we'll probably win if that's the case. And, and to that point, Alex Grinch is allergic to stopping the University of Washington. so Or stopping anyone, really. But yeah, definitely yeah, Washington. Very true. <laughs> Thank, I, I Alex purposely Grinch didn't is a defensive look- coordinator is allergic to playing defense. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Grinch will be up on top of uh, Who Mountain after this game saying, Washington is <laughs> I lose! 
soothe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see uh, or hear you guys' uh, predictions because I'm just going to say I purposely didn't listen to the last pod because I didn't want to like get any bias in it and, and like my my the outcomes of my predictions. But yeah, I'm interested to see what you guys said. So it sounds like we all had USC for a loss except for J Cap. Props to J Cap. I'm, I'm 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 calling it. <laughs> I had. I, like uh, I think I, I switched this one to a dub. Like uh, this uh, was. Um, oh. So like, convinced you throughout the whole. Yeah, yeah. Like throughout the whole off season, I've always said kind of like this ten and two. I felt like Arizona and USC were going to be the losses. Uh, it's just really hard for me to see them not getting up for USC. Like especially with obviously the gin stuff too now. Like, and these two. Like I'm gonna be honest. Like. I personally feel like UW and USC are going to be the primary beneficiaries of going to the Big Ten. So I think these two schools are going to be the, the you know, the cream of the crop of the West Coast representing kind of the West Coast and the Big Ten. Um, and so I think this is going to be a, a super big game. So I think they're going to get up for it. So I definitely think this is a dub for sure. Yeah, I'm going to talk an epic amount of shit if we win this game. Facts. Agreed. Um all right, moving on to uh, again our buddy, uh, our buddy Leah's favorite program uh, outside of uh, Eugene, Oregon, uh, and that's uh, the Utah Utes coming to town on eleven eleven with a salute to service. Uh, who DJ Jcap? Who who wants to take this one first? Oh, I'll go. Uh, fuck Utah. We won that game. Seconded. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. Fuck that. We're we're winning this game. And then uh, moving on to the following week uh, and a trip that uh, I think we're all going to have discussions about road tripping down to. Uh, final visit uh, to to the newly final and only visit to the newly renovated uh, Research Stadium, eleven uh, eighteen at Oregon State. Uh, J Cap, you take this one first. What do you think? This is another game that I'm kind of nervous about. Uh, I think Oregon State is one of the better teams in the conference um, and will definitely be the favorite to win the Mountain West next year. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, No, I I think that this is going to be a close one. I think this one is a toss-up to me. Um, I, I think that we probably should pull it out, but I would not be surprised if we lose. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to call this one a L. All right. DJ, what do you think? Yeah, it, it is a toss-up for now. Like, you know, if if DJ U is somewhat close to what he's supposed to be good-wise coming out of high school, which... Yeah, I know it's hard to see, but like, if he's if he's better than their last year quarterback, uh, that's going to be a huge difference because they didn't have a quarterback really last year. But they are losing; they lost some defense, some defensive guys at DB, so they are they're not going to be as good there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, man, I, I might I might have to go L as well. And uh, man, if I go L though, that's nine and three. Well, I'm guessing spoiling my last pick. Uh, that's probably not good enough for the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I, I, 
Uh, I'm going that. I, I can't go 10 and 2. Last time I predicted 10 and 2, we finished season 4 and 8. Yeah, but that was John Donovan and Jimmy Lee. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't do that, G. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. Bad memories. Apple Cup time. Back in our house. Bunch of Donut Bowl. Ass. Yeah. Donut Bowl. Yep. Good shot, Darker Night. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Tailgate's full of Krispy Kreme, and I'm, I'm probably going to grab some gourmet donuts because there's better than Krispy Kreme. No offense to, to Buddha Baker's choice. Uh, but, uh, DJ, what do you think about the Apple Cup? Oh, yeah, that's a win all day. It's the Apple Cup. It could be – I mean, it's, it's no way it's going to be the last one, but hopefully it's not the last one for a while because it's not, not a guarantee for 2024, right? It's not a guarantee for 2024, and I think it's, and we can talk a little bit about it if we talk about the AD thing, but uh, yeah, I think if Cohen stays, I think it's probably pretty likely that they find a way to get it done based on the the good partnership that she had with Pat Chen, or at least good positive relationship, whatever you want to call it, with a brand new AD coming into Washington. Who knows? Yeah, move the game to the fall, and we'll call it the apple fritter. <laughs> Man, got him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, to be fair though, they're they're probably Washington State is probably going to be a little motivated with all the the Big Ten stuff, but it's it's not going to be enough. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's not. And maybe and maybe they get they get like three more points than they were going to get, but <laughs> not <laughs> enough. J-Cap, what do you think about this one, sir? Uh, it's a win. So, J-Cap, that's, uh, that's 11 and 1 for you. Uh, which nope, 10 and 2. Oh, I said Arizona State, or Arizona and Oregon State. Okay. Is that good? In your mind, is that good enough to make it to the conference championship game, or do we fall a little bit short and somebody else goes? Uh, I think that's probably good enough. I think at 10 and 2, we will be at the top with USC and rematch with them. I think Oregon's probably going to drop one more than us. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll get a rematch with USC. And what do you think? Yeah. If we're 10 and two and both those, and if one of those losses aren't against like Utah, USC, like if it's against Arizona, I think we'll make it in. Cause we'll probably get some kind of tiebreaker. Cause all the good teams, yeah. mostly are playing each other. Yep. Uh, and so if we're going to be, Oregon, Utah, or Oregon State, as you predicted. I, if I we, think we'll, yeah. if we win the important games and the only losses that we have are letdowns or trap games, then, yeah, I think we're definitely going to win or get into the, the conference championship because of those head-to-head tiebreakers for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a wild uh... – like that would that wouldn't represent the Pac-12 well at all. <laughs> if you lose the Arizona, Oregon State, and then win the conference, like we'll get an NY six, but second place is about to get the, the trash can bowl, Boca Raton or something. <laughs> I honestly think that's not going to be a team that makes the playoff undefeated. So, um, one or two losses, you're going to be right in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Right too. if you got look at. Yeah, so what I had, uh, J-Cap and DJ, was I had us rematching Oregon. Um, and then oh, my sure. second then my second option is UCLA. 
I don't even have USC as one of the top two teams that are going to make it. And not off the strength of the talent on the team. It's just they have a very difficult schedule starting the middle of or sorry, the beginning of October. So they get four or five games that are pretty cake, four or five, six weeks that are cake. And then the rest of the season is tough. And that's attrition. That's having to be up every single week versus a good competitor. Um, so I just feel what like this? two or three yes. uh, USC. Like yeah, once USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't even looked at their schedule. So I, I got their schedule I, pulled I, I up. So. Yeah, I got it pulled up. It's going to be October 7th. They got uh, Thank you. Yeah, USC has uh, Notre Dame on October 14th. And then two weeks from there, or essentially three weeks from there, they have Oregon. Start on the the 7th with Arizona. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, October 7th. Yeah, they got Arizona. uh, First, so yeah, Arizona. Then they have Notre Dame. (laughs) Then they have Utah. And then uh, they get uh, UW two weeks later. And then after us, they have Oregon and UCLA to finish it out. Bro, Wait, they, they, they got a buy before time. us? Did it, yeah, do they have a buy before us? Uh, da, 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 da. No, they play Cal. Essentially a buy. Oh, so they have a yeah. Buy. yeah. 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 So they have a, bro, they got a tough, like, from mi- the middle of the season or the middle of October, early October to the end of the season is like, there's, if we're, if we, we think we're going to have let ups, we don't have a run like that. We got USC and Utah back to back, and that's like the toughest thing that we have to deal with. USC, and Oregon State. USC Utah, Oregon State is pretty brutal. That's pretty tough. That's pretty tough, with but that's not run. UCLA, Oregon, UW. Yeah. You know, like that's like yeah, hey. that's true. It's it's, it's three it's, weeks versus five, so yeah. yeah. You have a good point about UCLA. Easy either, bro. Oregon and UCLA have two of the cakest schedules, so like. If USC loses two, three games, well, UCLA can like do what Utah did and like be the fourth best team, but sneak in, you know. Because UCLA doesn't face Oregon or UW, right? Nope. I think they get Utah and USC, and I think that may be the two. And, and probably and Oregon State play, too. Oregon yeah, State they probably play Oregon State. But they got they got one at least one less team. Oregon else. or UW, they play everyone else in the conference. Yep. Yeah. So it's just going to be a matter of the scheduling and stuff like that. But I personally had us rematch or rematching Oregon and then beating Oregon again uh, in the conference championship. Yeah. Both if, we two, two. if we get two wins against Oregon in the last year of the Pac-12, oh, oh my God, we are going to be so Need fucking. That. Oh Jesus Christ! I wouldn't. I don't even need to talk shit no stuff no more. I don't even need to talk no more. Love yeah, that it. would be sweet. I'd love to get two wins against USC because fuck them too. But come on, facts. Bro. I actually kind of want to. I'll take I'll take revenge on UCLA too. I kind of want to. All of them. I, I yeah. I I just have a special desire to beat the shit out of USC, and it's not because I <laughs> I I think that them hiring Jen is going to turn out like them hiring Sark. But aren't they paying us a million dollars to take Jen too? They are. Yeah. Can we just funnel that to the mic up in the biophone, please? <laughs> no. Because that that uh that million dollars needs to go to Kaylin DeBoer. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's, that's true. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Hey, I, I gotta change I, I gotta get take a W against Oregon State. I can't go nine and three, I realize. <laughs> I, I would say USC, but I don't want to have the exact same as as uh J because honestly, I might feel a little bit better about USC than than Oregon State, but I'm, I'm gonna go with Oregon State. I, like I changed my USC loss to a win. Yeah. You have to see. Oh, I think Utah's did? gonna beat them up. 
that week before. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on the that's other nice. two, that's a good point too. That's yeah, a one thing about too. with one big thing about Oregon State was man, they had that three-headed monster at running back, right? One true, of those dudes, true. Those dudes transferred at the beginning of fall camp. Bam, I think it was Bam Griffin transferred at the beginning of fall camp. So yep. they're really reliant on DJU a little bit more in the past game now. And just a small nuance of how their offense is kind of built. DJU was getting lucky because he had 50-50 guys that maybe could make contested catches. He's got receivers under six mm-hmm. foot without catch radiuses. And if your struggle is inaccuracy, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like those little dudes aren't gonna be able to overcompensate for your inaccuracy. So I just feel like if they even try to get explosive, it's gonna be turnover heaven with their schedule. So Hood, I'm you're telling me they got they got five J Cabs out there. They got. <laughs> hey, I heard J Cabs got hands, bro. Yeah. Come on now, Hood. I'm like he over he, he over six foot. Right? Yeah, Hood. I, I'm in that. I'm over six foot. Let's go. <laughs> I, I'm a Wolf. I'm that Will Ferrell gift from Ron Burgundy. Are you reading my mind right now? Are you reading? Yeah. Accuracy issues from a quarterback with tiny ass receivers. This is not a recipe that spells as I've said. I've put it out there a couple of different times in the last week. I don't think Utah or Oregon State gets ten wins in the regular season this year. I don't. I don't see it. I agree. It's too tough. Yeah. I think. I think UW, USC, Oregon, and UCLA separated themselves in the offseason from Utah and Oregon uh, and Oregon State. Yep. So I think, you know, those four kind of separate themselves. But Those four also separated themselves from the Pac-12, so good choices. Oh, yeah. Facts. Wait, J-Cap, you're over six feet? Yes. Then I apologize. I take back what I said. Wow. <laughs> Fucking cold, bro. No, I'm, I, I, thought you're, I thought you were shorter than that. I never – have I ever seen you in person? I don't think so. Yeah, bro. Damn. Don't lie, bro. When I saw him, I was like, "Hey, hey, listen, this is a, a you know all inclusive pod." But I was like, "Is that an Asian dude over six feet tall?" <laughs> I, I get it all the time. It's okay. I get it. <laughs> Damn. So J. Cap would be the best receiver in Oregon State. Then I take back what I said. He, he'd be balling. All right, moving on from our predictions segment, uh, we talk a little bit about the ongoing position battles or how some of the position battles have landed. Not that there was a ton of a ton of them to start out with. Uh, I think it got announced today that Eliza Jackson has won the starting spot opposite Jabbar Muhammad. Uh, what do you guys all think about that? Love Good, to see the, that. You, yeah, yeah. Good, you're, you're you're the feet guy, the the DB guy. So uh, I think you should feet take. Pause. <laughs> hey, drop listen, the, I'll, pay the the I'll pay a subscription I'll pay a subscription for feet. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, man, you know, um, I feel like I've been, you know, kind of unreasonably a little harsh on Jabbar a little bit this offseason. Um, he is bringing over some, some you know, some, ac- some acumen and some hardware from the conference he was you know, previously in, and I don't know how much credit I'm giving him for that. You know, being a corner in the Big 12 didn't really mean much, in my opinion. But, um, and then just seeing some, some, you know, him matched up against uh, some of the best receivers in the Big 12, especially big guys, he didn't do well. You know what I mean? And the majority of the receivers in the Pac-12, you know, are they're not only big and athletic, but they have offenses that get them open. And 
so there's the scheme element too. So I was a little bit just kind of concerned there, was hoping that they used him more in like a versatile role, bounce from Husky, bounce to safety, bounce to corner. Um, but, you know, the, the staff knows what they're doing. Um, they see what they need to see. I have not heard of Thaddeus Dixon's name since the uh, spring. So that just tells me that, you know, it seems like he might have, you know, the wow factor might have faded a little bit. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we just got to roll with it. I'm glad Elijah won it. I'm excited for him. Um, but I, I would really love to, like I said uh, initially, I would really love for us to use Jabbar Muhammad in more of a versatile kind of role than just kind of stuck on the outside as a 5'8 guy, you know. So, Who would you have rather seen starting in his place um, if you could choose? I personally feel like I wouldn't say the skill set matches exactly, but the demeanor and the body type. Thaddeus Dixon reminds me a lot of Alex Austin from uh, Oregon State last year. And while he might not have been the best cover guy, his moxie, him getting his hands on guys, it really discouraged quarterbacks from throwing to that side. And half the battle is, um, you know, pre-snap stuff. So if a, if a quarterback is nervous to throw to your side, you don't even have to worry about covering him. The guy can be wide open. You know what I mean? And I just don't personally feel like, um, you know, that fear is put there um, by Jabbar, but uh, yeah, I think that's the only that's the only kind of option was was Thaddeus. Um, everybody else is definitely CB four and beyond. Uh, we haven't really heard Javion Green's name too much uh, in the in fall camp. And at the end of the day, I have to respect the cream rising, you know. So and I, and I definitely do. So I'm looking forward. I'm a I'm fan club of Jabbar now at this point because um, he held off my favorite DB, my favorite corner on the team. So I mean, Jcap, you got something to say? I'll go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it made it seem like um, I mean Jabbar's position was solidified back in spring, and so the competition was always for the other corner spot. So I don't think Thaddeus really yep. he wasn't he wasn't playing to take Jabbar's spot. It was him and Elijah the whole time. And uh, while Jabbar was getting cooked sometimes, and I mean, you got to think he's going against the best receivers he's going to see all year. So I think it's going to bring the best out of him this year. And he's not afraid to, you know, challenge folks at the line and come up and make tackles. And I just think they seen as Moxie and with his intelligence and also with his experience, I think he's a really good fit. And I think he's going to do really well. And I think it is also a, a fact. Sorry, I'm going to jump in real quick. And I think the one thing that we do need to be mindful of is the air, the games where it's really going to be a, something that we're going to be hyper vigilant and hyper focused on because of the talent that they're going to be playing against is only a few. It's obviously at sea. It's Arizona. It's Oregon. When it's lined up against Troy Franklin, who knows if Chris Hudson's recovered from his, you know, threatening <laughs> injury. Um, I mean, and, I know Tiff, and I and I will say I think it, is it Tess Bryant or Tess Johnson that they brought in. It's uh, they brought in Taz Johnson and Gary Bryant. Okay. Yeah. Combine the two. <laughs> Blinded yep. them. Well, Taz Bryant, Des Bryant, you know, that, that, that's where that probably <laughs> came from <laughs> this, at this late hour of the evening. Um, but it's in those games where it's going to, you know, like, again, against Oregon's state, or against, excuse me, Oregon State's uh, shrimpy receivers, probably less of an issue. Um, mm-hmm. Put in those make or break games, and like I don't even really worry about it with Utah because I just, for a number of reasons, Utah like that's just not what scares me. It's going to be that game in particular is going to be much more um, 
the coverage that we get from from mm-hmm. Mish, Dom, and, and Asa with with and the... and oh sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, DJ. Yeah, no, that was it for me. Well, Hood, I was going to say that the other the other person that's for corner that sounds like it's solid at second team is Banks. From yeah, what I heard, it's his yeah, Banks. Is, bank, yeah. yeah, yeah, and Dixon. Uh, so what Banks is he? What year is he? I think it's sophomore. Yeah, sophomore. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. And he's got a huge like athletic. Uh, yeah. Upside. He played he some last year. Yeah. He needed the experience under his belt. He's kind of you know when we talk about Kyler Gordon, where he had all the ability in the world, but he just didn't have the confidence right away when he came in. He was a little tentative, and then once he kind of put everything together, he was. He was a man amongst boys. Kind of see what Demani yeah. just kind of has an athletic profile where he he can be that alpha and eventually morph into that. And last year it was like a baptism by fire because the whole secondary was playing yeah. tentative based on injuries and mixing mm-hmm. and matching. You could tell no one was really comfortable and the communication right. wasn't there. And I think now you actually have corners who, who, you know, they marry the secondary together with the safeties where everyone's aggressive, no one's afraid to challenge the communications there. Um, you have a solid spring where you kind of have your starters and know who's going to be where as well. And I think just having your leaders back in the linebacker position as well, getting everybody organized is going to make a huge yep. difference. It's a lot of things people didn't realize where you does was lacking last year. And, and also too, like, you know, we can harp on DBs all day, uh, but uh, the starting four DBs all day, but that's not how DB goes. You know, it's all about matchup. There could be five in the game. There could be six corners in the game. So it's just, so starters are, are kind of whatever. You kind of pay attention to the top four or five corners um, and then just how they kind of mix and match and play. Um, I, I would say more so um, I'm really excited to see that um, obviously Dominesa, you know, still earn their spots, but, I would really love you talk about competition. I have not heard much about the guys behind them outside of Cam Fab. You know, we watch a lot of these videos and things like that. Mm. And uh, we always see Cam Fab running with the ones. Um, and, you know, I was just really, really hoping that there would be some uh, guy on the roster or somebody we would bring in that would compete with that. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, Cam Fab also being an intricate part in this uh, secondary as well. It's kind of cool seeing him. It's kind of interesting and cool seeing him fight off the last two years, fight off some pretty solid talent. So, yeah, I was going to ask you guys because you're talking about safety. Like, how do you feel about our starting safeties there? Like, do you think they're good enough to take us where we need to be? Like, are they going to be like one of the better safety groups or like kind of like in the middle of the Pac 12 or what? In the Pac-12 specifically, I think they'll be one of the better safety groups. You got to think um, they both uh, had a lot on their plate last year. Um, a lot of people were talking, you know, kind of negative about Dom early in the season, and I was really just kind of defending them. If you watch the Stanford game, he's literally playing man-to-man slot against Elijah Higgins the whole game, with giving Elijah Higgins kind of two-way goes. So he's got a, a super tough job, you know, and then um, now he's at a more natural position where we saw him flourish in the COVID year. And then Asa, uh, you know, he's the the ultimate communicator, the ultimate get guys in place. And can you imagine how much stress it was getting guys in place last year? You know, now I think one thing we sacrificed or we're sacrificing this year is a lot of like the upside and the potential for the experience, the maturation and the buy-in. And that's why I think somebody like Jabbar benefits. So if everybody's out here communicating, plus your Eddie, plus your Raylan, two former like – 
or, or, or two captain level type players. Oh yeah, the experience. We, we shouldn't have the blown coverages, all those types of things. So, mm, and it's year two in in the system. So exactly, you're able to, you're exactly. able to change looks, we, you're able to communicate a lot more, show different, show different fronts and things Morel, of that nature. Morel getting comfortable too is is another element of this that we're not really talking about. I think Morel really struggled last year. Morel and Inge, um, I don't know who was sending them in, but it seemed like it was Morel. They were sending Very those slow. plays in a little late. And um, I don't care how good a communicator you got back there. You know, Jimmy Lake and CP thought Asa was a great communicator, but he ain't going to be able to make up for his DC, you know, so uh, seeing that next step from Morrell for sure. And and, I mean, we've heard that that there's probably an additional couple layers of complexity to the defensive system that this staff runs versus what was being run previously. And so that like, and, and, you know, not necessarily in their defense, but what you were dealing with in terms of what they had at Fresno State prior to coming to Washington, they had guys that had been in their system previously. And so like the defense that you saw that last year, they were there versus what we saw last year. When you add both in terms of the familiarity with the terminology and the complexity of the system, as well as the fact that we were, you know, just like hammered by injuries last year. The whole thing can change. That was tough. Yeah. What was it? Eight different starting DB groups for the first eight yeah. weeks. So I don't want to hear anybody talking about our past defense because at the end of the day, UW don't even know. Fans don't even know because we didn't even get an opportunity and, to see it. And with the offense, and we talk about, the, we, I think we've talked about this all the time. We don't need the pa- the the defense the defense to be elite. If the defense is above average, above average, yeah. good. We're gonna be just fine. Well, I mean, look and at I the think, look at the back half of the year. How they gelled after UCLA and Arizona State. I mean, people don't give them enough credit for how well the defense actually played um, yeah. with the injuries. And now you kind of, you know, you're you have more depth, uh, more experience now. So uh, I expect them to take a huge step forward. I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of the better defenses in the Pac-12 this year. Somebody mentioned that they. Uh, they didn't give up a lead. The defense didn't give up a lead toward uh, the tail end of the year. I have to go back and watch that. But man, that that's amazing considering uh, the attrition for sure. We probably never gave up a lead because we're down. Oh man, we might have took the score, uh, took a the lead early against UCLA, right on that Rome I'm touchdown. Sure but, take the lead but outside of that, we were we were losing. Yeah. Yeah, like Arizona State was tied a couple of times, but it, we never yeah. got, got in front of them. Um, and then just kind of, I mean, <laughs> transitioning a little bit, um, it, it's not DB, but I think it's a position that's going to be far more important this year, specifically than DB. And, uh, and that's going to be edge. Um, we talk about competitions and things like that. Um, the only the only position I'm actually concerned about, you know, you have to move an interior defensive line guy, thin him out, et cetera, just to get him out there um, for depth purposes. You know, with the eligibility issues with Durfee um, in CTF, Boy. obviously, like, uh, well, the, the eligibility with um, with Durfee and then with just Boy having to trim down. Oh, you know, okay. that shows some signs of I'm not going to say desperation because I do feel like Boy's best position is edge, to be honest, with his motor and his hand yep. movement and his size. Um, but beyond Boy, we're going to need somebody to pop. And being in that position is not necessarily a great one. You know, when you're three last year, 
are all potentially day one, day two picks. Your top three are day, or sorry, not day one, two picks, but uh, Jeremiah Martin uh, was undrafted. But um, the the type of talent Jeremiah Martin has, uh, he may even make the had Browns eight and a half sacks last so, year. Had eight and a half yeah. sacks. Uh, was first. He team, should have been drafted. He was first team All Conference, correct? Mm-hmm. I believe it was first team All Conference. So I mean. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be – I think that's a position to really, really watch and watch mature. Watch versus Boise State, who we're going to need to contain because Jalen Green, uh, their quarterback, is a wicked dual threat. Um, well, they guy, said so. – I know they they were saying Void was having a hard time keeping weight on, too, which played a part yep, in him moving yep. outside. Yeah, Because yeah, he, I mean, he's I, a natural 240, 245 guy, and he was trying to mm-hmm. get bigger, and he was just struggling. So He was playing – he was playing linebacker at points in high school. So I think <laughs> just so I a think natural athlete. Play, he could play along along the line, but he's just, he's best outside for sure. Yeah. Yep. I, I definitely I'm like I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Boy where he, where I think he belongs um out there because I think he can be a particular like I think you're obviously gonna see ZTF and Braylon most often. But and and here's hoping the NCA finally pulls its head out of its ass and, and that Durfee's eligible. Like, <sighs> don't, got, don't expect much. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's a um, huge if. But that said, I said my breakout player on the defense and the guy that I still have a high degree that like when we need him is going to show up in, in, or at least is going to flash a number of times this year, maybe not necessarily every game, but Maurice Himes, that dude's going to be really good. Yep, yep. I agree. And then, uh, go ahead. No, it's just quick. I'll say it's going to be exciting to see, uh, you know, there's nothing like having roster turnover and then having like a new face and a new name to support. And I think edge is one of the positions that really present that type of opportunity for sure. Edge number three, four could easily become a fan favorite really, really quick. And and it seems like a player they're high on uh, uh, edge that could could possibly start, uh, Again, I can't pronounce these names. Uh, I haven't really heard much of him. Uh, we're talking about him. In the, yeah, yeah, in the other group chat. Yeah, it sounds like he's been showing out in uh, camp so far, too. And he might be battling with ZTF for starting position. Who? Sakai. Sakai. Absolutely, yeah. The local yeah. product, for sure. How's That's Lance looking? Sure. Yeah, I was about to bring up both too. Lance yes. is 225. Right. You know, yeah. Lance is 225. Plus a little bit, so a, a really like explosive He's athlete. Travis Heaney-ish. Yeah, I mean, well, Travis yeah. was still Travis was still strong. I know he was just two twenty five, two thirty. I just don't guy. know if I don't know if Holzclaw has the same uh, like comparable length. He's more of a he's more of a, a stockier build. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think somebody like Himes is the guy to guy to oh, really yeah. watch. His pad his pad level super high, but even with that, if you watch the the Colorado rushes, he had like four or five pressures in mm-hmm. ten snaps, and he was high on all of them. He just got the guy's hands off of him and got in their chest, and it was pretty wild to see his effectiveness. But yeah, I agree. That's a, a superstar uh, position for sure. Yeah, and I think the only and then the only other thing that was really up for grabs, and it feels sounds like it's been well both from injury and just in general, based on what we've been hearing from camp that the interior line, um, it's basically been locked down that it's Mateo Mele is going to be your starting center. Uh, you're going to have Nate Kalepo at one guard with uh, Julius Buelo at the other one, um, probably with uh, Parker Brailsford spelling, both probably Mateo. 
as well as the guards is needed, and then probably Garion being the other fill in or the other uh, you know kind of second stringer. I'm like, I like it. We, I feel good. Love it. Losing guards, big man. That's a that's a dude that's a potential NFL guy. You know, was really pushing. Was really. I mean, granted, it's, it's a benefit that it happened so late in fall camp because I think Buelo really needed to be pushed. Um, I think he was going to be the starter no matter what, but I definitely think he needed to be pushed. And guard was that guy pushing him all through the offseason. So it's unfortunate for guard, but I think he definitely elevated that room for sure. Um, but I think also, too, with his his injury, it opens the door up for, you know, park, people like Parker and then Landon. You know, yeah. it, it opens the opportunity for somebody like Landon to, to pop in there for four games. So, And I hope it's only four games. I don't like I'm I'm old school and I don't want linemen playing a bunch early. That's just the I totally agree. He he physically immensely ready though. You see, they were praising him about um, knowing the offense and uh, potentially being second team. Uh, I, I I don't think he'll end up uh, you know making that, but for sure he seems like he's balling out. All right, so yeah, I think we we've kind of I think it's a natural segue. We can talk to kind of areas of concern, and we'll start with areas or causes for concern and we can start with football and then we can talk a little bit more broadly across the athletic department. Um, I think the big one, certainly in like, while we're on the subject of season ending injuries, I think it's super unfortunate for Cam Davis. Like obviously the body, we talked recently about the body transformation that he did, that he uh, went through for being healthy this off season. Uh, The role that he was going to have in our offense was going to just be immense and and was really going to be, I think, I was expecting a real show out year um, for Cam. So uh, super glad that he, I think we've heard through channels that that he's definitely planning on being back next year. And here's hoping he comes back healthy because I think he has a lot to offer this team. And and certainly I think the, the coaching staff has said nothing but great things about Cam. Uh, but how do we all think kind of that the, the running back room is going to respond and what we're going to see from that room in the absence of CD? I mean, I think yeah, I, I just, Oh, go ahead, DJ. Oh, I was just mostly, I just feel for Cam. Like that's, that sucks, man. He's been battling, like he's had injuries in the past. And so like, I mean, obviously selfishly, we're going to be like a Husky fans that sucks like for the team, but like that just really sucks for him. So I feel really bad for him, but uh, I mean, it definitely hurts our, like our top end guys because it's going to be him and Dylan Johnson, in my opinion. But we do have a lot of depth there. Uh, we have some some experience too with some guys as well. So uh, I, I feel you know pretty confident with them. But it it does hurt, like I said, at the top end because it's was, we're going to have two guys that are going to get the bulk of the carries, and that that really hurts the running back room there. But you know we got some dudes waiting. I know I know Hood and Matt Stein. Our big uh, Will Nixon guys, they've been talking about that dude for a year and a half. So let's see if he can show out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it sucks for Cam. I mean, he was poised to have that huge role in the offense this year uh, and then contribute to a team with really big expectations and, and um, uh, a really good shot at, at making a, a big name for himself going forward. Um, but to be honest, if there's one room, I guess this room and, and wide receiver would be the room that you could afford uh, an injury like this. You got the guys behind it to, to not necessarily um, not miss him, you know, but also like we could withstand that kind of injury uh, with the, the kind of depth that we've got uh, in the running back room. Uh, Will Nixon, like DJ said, and then um, you get guys like um, Sam Adams, um, 
and then the Dick Newtons and that kind of stuff too. Uh, so we've, we've got guys there, but like DJ said, it, it hurts the top end talent, uh, but we'll, we'll be able to, to still push for all of the things that we were expecting with Cam in there. I, yeah, I think for me, I think the mix looks a little different. Like I was expecting probably like with a healthy Cam Davis, I was probably expecting he and Dylan to both be at about seven or 800 yards of rushing yards with, you know, each of them in the 200 to 400 ish range in terms of reception yardage. Um, I think that mix is going to look a little different. I think you're going to probably see more of a 15 plus touches a game for, for Dylan, if he's healthy. Um, and that's the one area of concern that I do have is that Dylan's coming off of the injury from Mississippi state himself. Um, so, so that's the thing like, and I think the biggest thing is like cam obviously was kind of our short yardage specialist in a lot of ways last year. Um, I think that that probably is going to end up more with, with Dick Newton, um, kind of being that, the, the secondary sledgehammer because Dylan's, I mean, Dylan's a big dude. Like Dylan's going to be able to do just fine in short yardage himself. But when we need that second kind of short yardage, pick up two yards, I think that might be more Dick Newton. And then, then I think it's going to be a combination of, of Danielle Nagata, Will Nixon, Sam, in terms of some of the more, you know, passing situations where we want to put a couple of backs on the field that are pass catching threats. That's just my expectation. I think I think Hooligan, you're nail on head, man. Um, you know, just to kind of add a little bit of a tidbit, the first thing that I kind of thought about was how does this impact us schematically? You know, I felt like Ryan Grubb really leaned on the passing game a lot, and losing somebody like Cam Davis kind of um, disallows that balance that we were kind of looking for, um, because Dylan, you know, uh, traditionally has been a pass catcher, pass protector. Nada has been, a, you know, he's, he's hit, he, you know, he, um, he's been effective between the tackles, but, you know, he's, you know, uh, best in space, you know, and best with the ball in his hand in space. Same with Will. Will's more of a guy to get in space. So I think you now have a lot more pass happy type of backs. Um, and obviously, like somebody like Will, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Dick Newton can, you know, be the battering ram in the goal line. Um, but one, another element too uh, schematically was just, how Michael Penix just really struggled in the red zone last year, you know, and now you don't have a definitive guy to go to when you're down there in between the twenties uh, in regards to the running game. Um, <clears throat> so I, that's, those are, those are elements I would say that kind of concern me, especially going through a whole off season with a guy expected as RB one. And when they commute, like this was the first time they communicated about a, a running back in their room. That was definitively the guy because he was definitively the guy over Dylan Johnson. Yeah. So um, that's just really unfortunate. Uh, you kind of go all off season, you know, um, doing install and preparation and things like that for a guy to be there. And, you know, it's going to throw a curveball in Ryan Grubb's uh, game plans for sure. And the pass pro is the other part of it that yep. is a very much a TBD. And, like, that he and Wayne were really reliable in helping keep Mike clean last year. So, And, and you he, mentioned – you mentioned like 800, uh, you said like what, eight, uh, 800 rushing for Cam and um, potentially uh, 800 for Dylan, man. I totally thought this was a 1K plus for Cam. Like I I, I felt like this was RB1, big gap. <laughs> okay. I, I felt like just seeing him in spring game, seeing his body, 
Um, and then it's just the movement stuff, you know, like he, he, he didn't have the big defined legs last year, but his legs were heavy last year. And it just seemed like in, in, um, you know, in drilling and in practice and in the spring, he was quick footed, nimble footed. His legs seemed light, even though he was in better shape. So, um, we're really going to miss that wiggle guy that can make guys miss uh, in between the tackles, which is very, very difficult. So we're going to have to see Nada step up there because he's the only one that has put it on tape that he can kind of make people miss in between the tackles. Yeah, I think you got to really hope Rich, Rich Newton and Will. Um, I've heard really good things about Will this offseason, but you got to hope they take that that next step. And, um Similar to what Jacob was saying, if there was a room that could afford this type of injury, it is running back. But uh, like you were saying, Hood, I, I had a big, big year for Cam this year just to take some pressure off of Mike and get the offense even that much more balanced. Just, you know, with a heavy run game, you got Maulers up front as well. So it just leaned into that perfect marriage of having that bell cow with the explosive weapons outside where you can't play off. You know, and you got to respect the run. So we need, I mean, may have to rely on a collection of backs, but it'd be nice if we can just have two or three that, you know, we just kind of rely on each and every game. And I'm hoping um, Dylan could do his part, but at the same time um, with the styles and the different type of body types that we have, um, it'd be nice to see uh, Dick Newton and Will Nixon take that next step and, uh, provide a little more versatility, allow us to go two backs and um, give some different looks. Yep. Any other areas of concern or causes for concern, you know, either position groups, uh, you know, things that have come out from opponent, from, you know, the schedule or from our opponents? Um, I don't think anybody's going to agree, but I definitely um, want to see more from our tight end position for sure. I think a lot of people are um, fawning over these players because, you know, we have a specific relationship with them. Um, but at the same time, we need Devin Culp to step up at the end of the day. Um, we need Jack Westover to step up. <clears throat> I'm tired of hearing, oh, you hurdled three people in a season, so you're athletic. I mean, I don't care how athletic you are. Put it together. Um, same with Devin Cole. I believe it was uh, Sub K who posted um, one of his receptions versus Arizona State where he catches the ball and it's him one-on-one -on -one with a DB to score a touchdown. He gets cut down at the five-yard line. Like, those need to be converted. Um, we all saw the, the critical drop <clears throat> versus Oregon. Um, and it just seems like a lot of um, those mental mistakes seem to happen in the middle of the field when turnovers can happen. And at the end of the, like, I, I really, um, you know, the local guy in, in Culp, um, Westover, you know, great story, walk on, et cetera. Um, Ryan Auden, great story, you know, um, essentially a legacy at this point. Quentin Moore, great story. Cool, cool story, bro. I'm tired of the stories. Like they got to put it together. Um, we have a history of phenomenal tight ends and I'm done with the potential, you know, you've been on campus for three, four, five, six years at this point. So I'm kind of done with that. So that's an area of concern for me. Um, I would definitely like to see some, some game changers there. I 
think one of the big I don't think anybody's got anything anything grabbed or that. That was some mic up type shit, so. And I think the, big, the other one that I'm, and maybe it's not necessarily an area of concern, but it's a, a position group that I'm going to be looking at very closely to see some steps forward. Instead of fact, it's the interior D-line. It's, you know, you've got Thule with a fifth, sixth year with the COVID year. Uh, Thule's been here four or five years. Bandis, you know, we're hearing, like, I, I mean, obviously the reports are really good. And, like, I, I, I'm expecting and I'm optimistic that we're going to see a lot better performance from that group. But it's, you know, it's time to, you know, to, to point to your point, Hood, about what you were saying with the tight ends. Like, I want to see with as touted as the recruits are that are in that room, I want to see some game-breaking performance uh, from some of those guys where, you know, where, you know, the, 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 the pressure on the opposing quarterbacks is not just coming from ZTF and Braylon and, you know, the, the third, you know, edge three, edge four. I want to see some interior pressure. I want to see, I mean, and, you know, and I'm, I'm remiss in not mentioning uh, MJ Ali. I, I, I'm you know really encouraged and hopeful that he can be that, that block eater that we've talked about with his size and with his athleticism, but I want to see, you know, pass pressure. And I want to see linebackers like Eddie uh, and Zotoop and, Raylan and Carson clean, eating up the and you know taking what was particularly as the season wore on a decentish run defense. I want that to be a strength of this defense, and and that's com- going to come from the interior D line. Totally agree, man. Totally. Yeah, we we have some good depth there. Yeah, but just need a couple guys uh, or more to step up. And be that all Pac-12 caliber player. I think it's very similar to the running back room. Um, just accept the experience. You know, I think that room doesn't have the excuse Tybo Rogers has. You know, it doesn't have the excuse Will Nixon has. You guys don't have reps there. You know, the the uh, interior defensive line has a ton of reps in practice, a ton of reps in the games. We definitely need to see that improvement uh, for sure playing behind the line of scrimmage. That's the biggest thing that we've been missing is we've been missing um, redirecting these running backs in the line of scrimmage. Um, Why were we so excited about Noah Whittington slipping? Well, damn, that was the first time we saw some big time, big play defensive line play that um, was behind the line of scrimmage. So that's why we were so excited about that. Obviously it was a rival, but Jesus Christ, we hadn't seen that in three, four years. So, Great point, Hooligan. All of a sudden, I started thinking about what it looked like. I mean, obviously, it's a different defensive staff. I'm not blaming the players or the current staff for the run defense we saw in 2021, but I just had this momentary (laughs) revert back PTSD nightmare of getting gashed (laughs) left, right, and center (laughs) the whole damn year. Weren't we a a pretty decent run defense as far as like rankings go for NCAA last year. Like where were we like, I could be totally wrong. I thought I saw we're like in the thirties or something. I think we were, I think we were like thirties. Yeah. I think we were, I mean like, I think it was, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I just like, I think. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to contradict what you're saying, but it's just like, everyone thinks about how how bad our defense was, but our run defense was defense. Wasn't, wasn't bad. It wasn't. I 
Mm. He couldn't get off the field on third down, but that was much more of the pass defense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but I think even to the the point of you know in, in helping in that effort, while you know some of the until we see it, the pass defense is still going to be a little bit of a question. I want to see us going from what we did to contain the run last year to controlling it and make come on and having a little bit more instead of a, a running back picking up you know three yards first down, three or four yards on second down, where it's like they get one or two. Or, and then two or three, and so you're looking at more and more third and longs, and and then you can really, you know, Braylon and ZTF and those guys can really pin their ears back and just and just get home. Ooh, we and I love how the schedule primes us for no bullshit early on. It's like, hey, we got Boise State week one, get your shit together. Buck so I'm I'm really excited to see. Uh, I'm really excited to see. You know, the rotations, who steps up, you know, who uh, falls behind, etc. So I'm really excited to see that, especially from these areas of concern, for sure. Because I feel, I mean, we, I feel like there, it, there are going to be some guys in the interior defense, defensive line and running back um, and offensive line that get opportunities at some point due to attrition and are going to excel. So... I love how our schedule kind of is pretty tough, so it kind of shapes up to. Yeah, we, we don't have any Portland State to start. And Tulsa, yeah, I mean Tulsa is not good, but they're still they're not uh, lower FCS. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. FCS. That's yeah. the uh, that's the Simeon Bowl, the Simon Bowl, Simon, Simon Bowl. What the hell is that? Julian uh, Simon, the Simon Brothers. Yeah, oh. from Lincoln. Yeah, they both went to Tulsa. Gotcha. All right, and moving on to, uh, I think we've covered as much as we wanted to in terms of football specific. Areas of concern or things to watch, and uh, can now have a broader or a little bit broader conversation about the uh, the changes at the top of the department that happened uh, this week uh, with uh, with Jen Cohen uh, abandoning her childhood favorite program um, <laughs> to just go get paid. And you know, people are going to make those decisions, uh, but it does definitely leave. Uh, Washington in an interesting place to hire a new athletic director in the midst of a move to the Big Ten uh, shortly after your predecessor had just negotiated that move. Uh, for, for my money, I think certainly we're in a position of this is a top 20 athletic department job in the country, and let's not mistake that or let's not be um, as certain media members were trying to infer of, you know, at, at the expense of fans that were advocating or celebrating the move to the Big Ten, this is still a big deal. Does Washington has Washington ever had the same resources as USC? No. But the conference had like the conference move had had nothing to do with it. Just get out of here with that bullshit. Um, but with that said, this job and, and with where we are right now. Uh, I honestly, to some extent, hope that the the next athletic director at the University of Washington is not an internal promotion. Um, we've had a little bit of too much of that tendency for continuity, and while 
stability is hugely important. The demands and the particular needs of this program right now, we need somebody that's done it. And honestly, like I would love to see somebody that has done it at a P5 job already and has experienced growing brand, connecting to, to fan bases. Um, certainly it's a candidate that our buddy Coker has mentioned um, reading the bio for Heather Like, uh, who's the current athletic director at Pitt. I'm a big, uh, that bio said a lot of things to me that were great at facilities, great at a number of different efforts, but also uh, they went under went a rebrand recently that tied back into that really leveraged and tied back into their history. Uh, that was something that would be music to my ears to see us, you know, say go back to our traditional W as an example. Um, but you know, some some rumblings of some you know potentially good candidates out there. But wanted to just open the floor for to for all of you gentlemen to to share what you think and kind of what you're hoping for and out of the search. Um, I would just say, like, I don't want us to go get somebody that is a potential hire or um, somebody that's up and coming. You know, people are taking people from us. You know what I'm saying? So I want us to go take somebody from someone else, um, play the big boy game. Um, and even if, and even if it is... Exactly, some typers. Um, Now, like uh, we did have our our brother Stein kind of mention a couple people that were at kind of lesser schools that if we did give an opportunity, kind of definitely seemed like um, they had the uh, the resume to kind of kind of fit in. So a couple of those people sounded really, really good. Um, But in regards to a message sent, I really would love to have a message sent, especially going into the the Big Ten, um, you know, because this is a message for USC. Like USC is making a huge, uh, uh, making a huge statement. Um, um, she uh, didn't Jen just go to the CFP committee as well too. So there's a little bit of a notch. Yeah. There's a little notch in her belt there too. Um, I forgot the gentleman's or, or the 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 eighties um, name at Nevada, but but that seemed like a really really um, uh, full circle kind of situation there. Yeah, I believe um, that's... Uh, Stephanie Rempe, who was here, Rempe, yeah, Stephanie 2008 Rempe, 2008 to 2016. Uh, I believe she was senior administrator during her tenure here. I believe she's the senior administrator for most of the women's programs. Uh, <sighs> I think followed Scott Woodward to Texas A&M and LSU, and has had, um, as well as having a sig- significant part of the facility renovation of Husky Stadium. Uh, Come on, Texas A&M and LSU, uh, and currently now the athletic director in Nevada. There's a little bit of some uncertainty with the coaching staff down there that's come out in the last couple of days for their football team. Some weird things are going on, but other than that, certainly she's done it in some big time places. And I, from what I know thus far, I probably would not have any qualms if Stephanie Rempe was the, was the higher kind of coming full circle where it's internal, but not completely internal. I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I I don't have any, names like i've heard those names you guys mentioned uh i just want someone who's a forward thinker like you know as much as we love chris peterson like you know he's kind of old school mentality type thing we we need somebody who's willing to you know play the game and uh you know with the how college sports has changed being able to adapt to those changes and play the nil game and all that so yeah i mean it's 
obviously an important hire and we gotta we gotta get someone who's can bring in help fundraise bring in lots of money to the program uh you know we're gonna be getting a lot of money here in the next few years with the big 10 media deal but we're at half half the amount of the other schools next few years so uh we need to try to make up some of that too so yeah i mean i think you know as much shit as we've given jim cohen over the years like she's you know, she's the last year or so she's she's, she's done better. She's had yeah. a very strong last couple of years. No no arguments there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I, do I think? I hope she reverts to making hiring mistakes like she did for women's basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football, like she did for yeah. football without getting into the whole Jimmy Lake thing uh, or like, <laughs> um, because fuck SC. That's just always going to be my vibe. Um, yeah, but. yeah. I I think, you know, there's a chance that we can make a worse hire. Uh, I think she was probably, given the how she's done over the last couple of years, maybe she's she's above average athletic director. But I think we can do better. Yep. I think we can go out and get a better hire and improve our athletic programs even more. And I mean, you know, it'd be somebody coming in here and carrying the torch of a positive momentum. You know, I mean, it's not somebody coming in here needing to rebuild. So, you know, we don't necessarily need to, to, to you know, fix a lot of stuff. Right. So it's just come someone come, coming in here to maintain uh, status quo, elevate status quo, um, those types of things. So we're in a great spot. Jenna's put us in a great spot uh, to, to propel forward. Um, just need a new, a new face, a new, represent, a new representation. So... Obviously, Rimpy, you know, and speaking to it, got to be honest, you know, um, being a woman, he just kind of keeps that continuity there as well, too. Um, you know, well, I don't know if you guys. And speaking of program primary programs that need facilities upgrades, UW softball. <laughs> yep. Uh, don't get me exactly. wrong. I love softball. the fact that they have the performance center, but we need uh, an expanded, improved Husky softball stadium. Um DJ, to your point, like, and yes, we are going to be at a deficit versus, you know, the SEC and some and the full share members of the Big Ten. But let's not forget. Most other conferences, like I think the ACC is probably comparable to what we're going to get in terms of their per per school share. Um, And we're going to be, you know, we're starting at where we would have started or where the, you know, the four schools that went from the pack to the Big 12. Year one, we're starting there but we're going up from there. So we, we have, we have some weight to swing or, you know, to, to throw into some people and, and leverage, you know, to use a basketball term, leverage and box out, you know, just, nope, we got more than you. I'm stronger than you. You're not getting, we money. are going, we are going to have to spend a lot of money really soon. Yep. Um, just to keep up with salaries and a lot of those types of things, man, I saw, DeBoer is like the bottom third, bottom quarter of, you know, salaries in the Big Ten. And that is oh, probably not going to fly. No, that's going to change. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's going to change. But then He's you, know, you got to think about everybody else, too. <laughs> uh-huh. I know. I think everybody's going to get upgraded. No, that's he, goes, he goes 10 and 2 next too, year. Yeah. Yep. Go, go ahead. Darker Knight, you're going to say no, something? I was going to say that's the beauty of the deal, you know, just recouping that money. Um, from joining a bigger conference trip, but uh, uh, pay out those larger contracts, and then he can then pay out his staff as well. Um, so you may be able to keep everything intact. Who knows? You know, that kind of looks obviously Greb will get after this year. 
Um, if it's competitive, maybe he decides to stay an extra year to sign an extension. Um, that's obviously a down the line as well, as well as the TV deal that they're negotiating in the next seven years with the Big Ten, which is going to bring in even more money. So there's going to be some big changes coming. I, I see a lot of a lot of differences with, you know, uh, who we have branding the Huskies right now and things along in that nature changing. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. Just just hold tight. Yeah. And we get like 32 million a year, I think is our share for the big 10 in the next few years, yeah. but we can, we can take some money from the future. So I thought they want to take like 15, 20, but even if it was like five extra million a year uh, that we can take for, from our future contract, that's still going to be a big help for yeah. paying out some of those DeBoer contracts. And I got, well, I got one big hire coming up that we're going to need to make uh, in basketball most likely too. So, you know, it's going to probably cost them yep. a good amount of money. I mean, that's looking like it could potentially be a good season, so we know how that goes. I know. Hey, I've said this, like, if Mike Hopkins wasn't the coach, like, that's that's like a top 25 roster almost, or close to it. Their basketball team is nice, but he got Mike Hopkins coaching, so you don't, you don't know what's, what's going to happen. <laughs> but they're how pretty stacked. That's what Larry Brown is for. roster with a, at a losing yeah. season. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what that's what LB was for. That's what Larry Brown was for. Getting Let's hope so. Make yeah. sure a message resonates. I mean, I, I think you know, obviously, that as fans, we're not going to have a tremendous say in terms of who the selection is as the next athletic director. But I think the challenge that we all need to to hold ourselves, or the yeah, the challenge that we all need to hold ourselves to, is that it's time for us as a fan base to level up. It's time for our boosters to you know the the big money donors to level up. Like we're, you know, we're staying in the big book, you know, we're playing in the big leagues, you know, we're staying in the big leagues with this move to the big 10, no pun intended level of fuck up. That's what, you know, it's what it's going to take from all of us. Absolutely. And, and I know you guys see, um, I want to be honest about just engagement in general, like the, like the nationals uh, media, the CFB media, the only reason why they engage us is for negative interactions. You know, it's never to, to boost us up or things like that, because for the most part, we respond more to a lot of these CFP media guys when it's negative stuff. We're not the Ohio States or the Oregons or the Texas A&Ms and the Texas that respond to a lot of the positive stuff. So we got to kind of get a little bit more onto that. I mean, and getting ahead of that curve with podcasts, with um, just, you know, social media accounts and those types of things too. So we're going to need a lot more fan engagement to catch up with the mustard for sure. Can we please just pack out every home game as well? Just, that shouldn't be, shouldn't be a big ask, but like going in and seeing, you know, as we move forward to the big 10, seeing how they pack the stadium and the fanfare is night and day. And, I know we've we made some huge growths, but we have a lot of room to go, and we're going to need everybody to kind of do their part. So, um, just coming up with cool, you know, you know, engagement type of you know rallies or just fun stuff that you know we can all collaborate on and pitch it to Husky Nation each week. Um, try to see what we can do to just to get the awareness out there and to just build some excitement as we move forward. It'd be nice. Athletic department's busy right now. So uh, Avengers Assemble, Husky Nation Assemble, it's going to be on us for a little bit for some of this stuff too. So, 
show up in the stadium on social media out in public on Washington on you know Washington Wednesdays we need to be be doing that every damn week bring that back with noise and fervor and pride uh, yeah absolutely but but certainly on on game day Saturdays there should be we've got I mean when our worst home game this year is Tulsa like you can't say, well, oh, I don't want to come because we're playing Portland State or Eastern Washington. I mean, well, we lost, I mean, yes, we lost to Montana two years ago, so. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, show the fuck up. Just honestly, I pardon the language, but come on, you know, just dog fans, just show the fuck up. This means something to all of us. I, if you, if you care, if you're listening to this podcast, you care a lot, a shit ton about Huskies athletics. Come on, prove it in every way. It's our time. And I be, I be bullying, you know. And I'm, a, I'm gonna tell y'all to do it too. You know, if you see somebody out with some, you know, Husky socks or a Husky polo, and tell them go dogs. You know what I mean? And, and just because, and, and they're probably not gonna respond to you because <laughs> they're not used to it. But, you know, kind of force that interaction. You know, the, the, the culture is contagious for sure. Um, invite people to games and things like that. Um, tell them to check out the tickets, et cetera. Uh, family friendly as well. So, for sure, force some, you know, force that engagement. Yep. Yeah, and on the showing up to the games, show up to the games and show up on time to the games. It's so frustrating to show up to a game and have it be hella fucking empty for the entire first quarter. If you're going to come to the game, come to the goddamn game and be there for the whole time. It's game day, not drink day. Exactly. And you can do both. I am a full fan of the tailgate. Enjoy your tailgate. That's where our Husky family comes together. But get your ass to the seats for kickoff. Make sure you can walk to the stadium after you. <laughs> Facts, too. Or have good friends that will wheel your ass or carry your ass there. Facts. You wake up in the third quarter. Oh, shit. We winning? All right. <laughs> I don't care if you're passed out. Just get your ass in the seat somehow. Jesus Christ. Fill that shit up. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Do we want to talk right yeah. about preseason polls? Overrated, underrated? I think we're right where I, I have no qualms with where we are. I, I think we're right where we, I don't think we're being disrespected by it. Um, I think that there's probably some teams ahead of us. Like we were talking about a little bit in the pre-show where there's a lot of quarterback questions around the country. Um, and I think some, some, some teams ahead of us might be a little overinflated. Um, but I'm Texas. I'm they're not in front of us, but they're always too high. Texas is always back. Alabama at four this year is just crazy. I I think people are just living off of what they have done, but they do not have that type of team this year. They're going to soon see. They have to do it. They have to do it, especially like that's their recruiting narrative. I know. That's everything that's held up in Alabama. You don't got a quarterback. You don't got nothing. So right now they got three guys, and they don't know who the guy is yet. (laughs) You play next week. I, I say it all the time. If you have two guys at this point in the year, you don't have one. You don't have one. If you, you have, don't have three one. guys, you definitely don't have one. <laughs> they want a certain guy to pop up, but it's just not. It's not working. So, yeah. I think the only the only team I think isn't Clemson nine like right above us. I believe so. Yeah. 
Clemson's the only team. Clemson's the only team that I would that's arguable. I think LSU, Florida State, and UW have similar like season traje- trajectories in their conferences. Um, so you can kind of rock paper scissors those. Um, I did the pod poll, and I think I had us at six. You know, so ahead of the Florida State and LSU, um, and I feel like right behind Penn State. So I feel like Penn State may be that a little bit level up, you know, and then after Penn State, it's really rock, paper, scissors from, uh, what, 7 to 10, 6 to 10. So with USC, LSU, Florida State, Clemson, UW. Even Ohio State has a quarterback question. Granted, they've had quarterback oh, absolutely. in the past. I'm like, oh, is their quarterback play going to be as good? And well, CJ Stroud. So yeah, it turned out to be pretty. They good. got two going in the camp too that they don't know who's going to be the starter. Right. One of the, I mean, everybody's like, well, it's Ohio State. It always pans out, and it's like, well, yeah, tell that to Washington fans because we went 20 years where every quarterback that started under center went to the NFL until they didn't. <laughs> the fact, exactly. Streaks end sometime. I wish I can pray for uh, Georgia's downfall, but their fucking schedule is so easy. It's and cake. That was, <laughs> so, that was one of the cake. things that I was arguing about, like in the in the spaces. Like a lot of people felt that like UW wouldn't be able to beat that, um, or or be able to go ten and two or even nine and three with that schedule, and uh, <laughs> losses to Kentucky and Tennessee, and so yeah, you know, we we definitely have a lot of. Uh, a lot of rep representing to do for sure. I hope we put ourselves on the map this year going into the Big Ten for sure because we need we need national media to kind of kind of help us out with this. We're not you know the cupcake te- uh, you know university anymore. We're none of that. So we we'll, we'll take all the free pub we can get. We our, weren't. Our then. schedule then was soft. Our non conference schedule then was soft because Wisconsin backed the fuck out. Uh huh. Which a lot of SEC teams do and Big Ten teams do. So I can't I mean, wait I can't to hate Wisconsin. Expecting the the vaunted football power that is the Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! I mean, yes, conference. Oh, you know the SEC, SEC. Yeah, like yeah, y'all play Vandy. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> bro. Facts, facts. All right, the ACC track too. Yeah. Any final thoughts before, we, or should we call this one a good? Call this one good. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a long one. Uh, we'll be back next week for a game preview. It is that time of year. Thanks for listening. Let's go. Let's go. Go dogs. Giddy. Go fucking go dogs. dogs. Go dogs. Yes, Lord. Appreciate y'all, fellas.